Welcome back to Onto the Ball. You're joining Scott and Travis to go through Premier League um, school report. Should we call it that? We're a third yeah. of the way through the season. Let's All do right, a quick 20-minute, half an hour school report on who's who's impressed, who hasn't, who's in the title race, who's overachieving, who's underachieving. Um, like a little parents evening, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 to be honest, Trav, I... Uh, I've added the Man United badge on the who's in the title race thumbnail. I know, I know. So that was, I like it. That was a little bit of fishing to see how you'd react and what you Yeah, said. I didn't bite on it, mate. I saw the Harry Maguire yeah. performances coming back and I saw the badge come up and I was like, yeah, he's definitely trying to bait me here. But nah, mate, I'm standing strong. I'm staying strong, mate. Harry Maguire is my boy. I've got him on my FPL fantasy team. It was too good to turn down. Looting at home. Uh, and he's only something like 4.1 million or something ridiculous. So yeah. I put him in clean sheet, uh, cleanies, get your cleanies here, as you would say. <laughs> um, yeah, let's start. Let's start right with Man United, your favorite subject. Um, I seen a stat today. If the league started five games ago, you'd be top. Could you believe that? No. You're the most in, you're the most informed team. Yeah, it's all it's all smokes and mirrors, man. I, I, do you know what the the media are fantastic at this? They're just setting setting it up for the big fall, aren't they, mate? The bigger they are, the harder they fall, and they're just we, they know we're just gonna smack ourselves right on the chin, mate, on the playground straight after international break. If you've seen the fixtures that are coming up, they are. Not horrendous, but there's some tough away days in there, which like an on-song, full, fully-fledged United would be able to dispatch pretty comfortably. But with the way we're playing games, I mean, I'm sure we'll just dissect the looting game a tad in a minute, but it wasn't a great performance again. So, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm full of optimism, but I mean, look at Everton in sick. That is incredible turnaround from it's them. It's mad, mate. isn't it? When you look at it now, and obviously Man United was the shocking one to me, but if we hover over this, you'll see who they've played. So you beat Luton 1-0, Fulham 1-0, clean sheets for days, Travis, you'll take that, won't you? Obviously, we <laughs> got slapped around by Man City 3-0, um, which you won't be the first team to get slapped around by Man City this season. So you can take that. 2-1 Sheffield United, 2-1 Brentford, which you should have got beat, let's be honest, but you got it over the line. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's what the table would look like if the league started five games ago. So is it an overreaction, the negative press that Ten Hag's getting? Or is he flattering to deceive considering it was only Luton and only Fulham? No, he's flat. For me, he's flattering to deceive. But I have to give credit where credit is due. He's, he's getting results. And ultimately, his remit will be to get results. There's going to be a brand of football that will need playing to compete with those top boys. But if he wants to cling on to his job in this fashion, in the way that he's doing it, then so be it. But it's going to be interesting because, like I said, in the next few games, we're going to be playing Everton. We've got Villa. We've got Liverpool coming up. We've got Newcastle. We've got an in, a pretty... I wouldn't say inform Chelsea, but Chelsea's performances have probably warranted more points than they've actually recouped. I mean, they've got eight points out of the last 15. You got a couple of draws, one against City last yesterday, which was a fantastic game, but their performances have probably warranted more points than they've got this season. So, yeah, I think United, this, 
Look, if you even look at United's goal difference, we've still conceded five and scored six. It's still the same yeah. troubles. We're not, we're not. We scored six scoring. in five games. <laughs> this is it. We're not scoring many goals, and 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 the goal. We, in fact, the games we've won all season, we've not won by more than one goal. This season, the whole season. Yeah, that's true when you think about it. Beat Wolves one nil, Burnley one nil, Sheffield United two one, Forest three two, Brentford two one, Luton one nil. So all the games we've won this season have been by just one goal difference. We've not scored more than two goals to win a game. Um, so yeah, it, it, look, you know what my feelings like. I'm not just going to keep bashing this Tanag out drum, but I, are you thawing a little bit, Trav? Am I what? Are you thawing a little bit towards him? No, players no. to come back from injury. Uh, you're keeping clean sheets. You're winning games. You're the form team in the last five games. Is there a glimmer of hope there that you could win you, not just you round, but you could win Man United fans round and have a stay really and have a future? More importantly, well, Ben Jacobs actually did a video today on the United stand talking about like the process of this partial like well, this minority state that Sir Jim's buying and what the process is going to be like and what sporting control could potentially look like and stuff. And it sounds like they're really going to go through sort of a rigorous process with, with the manager's post. Like, I don't think Ten Hag is positions... Like, I'm not saying it's not under threat because things can change quickly and it can all unravel, but I think they're going to look at his overall performance as opposed to just, oh, is he getting results? They're going to look at the brand of football. They're going to look at how he's dealing with players and and things like that and the attitude that he's got towards the players and the relationship that he's got. So, I mean, that I would say that video today filled me with a little bit of optimism about Sir Jim's plans and what he plans to do because I think he wants to bring in a sporting director, a director of football, Paul Mitchell's move back to Manchester and he's the leading favourite to take over. Well, not to take over, but to take that post. I think there's going to be a little bit of a rejig up, up the top positions with like John Murto and stuff like that. So it's interesting times. And if anything, this is really going to expose Ten Hag's quality because he's going to have the support from above now. He's they're going to get he's going to get a lot of money to spend, and he's going to have the expertise of a director of football. So if he doesn't cut the mustard after those positions have been filled, then he is never going to cut the mustard at United. Is that dangerous territory though to send him into another summer with another two hundred million, with the comfort blanket or the backdrop of a director of football to maybe apportion some blame if it goes wrong? I mean, you can't end three summers spending six hundred million and still have no identity. No, yeah, it's it's certainly a risk. It certainly is a risk, and I think that's what the club have got to weigh up from now to the end of the season. And I think that's why it's quite imperative that we get sort of these players in positions now because if we bring in a director of football, he's obviously going to have an idea of how he wants, not necessarily everyone to play but he's going to have an ethos that he's going to bring do you know what I mean he's going to say right similar to like Liverpool we don't sign players under 30 we want this kind of football that runs right the way through the club the academy there's going to be an ethos that's going to be set and it's whether Ten Hag fits into that I think I mean I saw an interview about with Postacoglu the other day and Rio Ferdinand and what his sort of approach was when he went into Spurs and it was sort of his way or the highway in the nicest possible way he was saying, I'm not going to change a thing. And we've already seen Ten Hag bending 
saying that he's not playing like he he did at Ajax and stuff like that. So it's it's really interesting times. I'm really intrigued to see how he sort of reacts with a director of football. I know he had one at Ajax in Mark Overmars and stuff like that, but it's going to be interesting to see how he like how he adapts to the fact and how United adapts as a club. We've never had a director of football before, so it's new territory for us. And yes, it is a risk, but the club might be thinking about it and saying, right, well, we're we're going to see how next season goes. We can see the project through maybe another year. I, I, I'm I more than willing for a manager to have time. I don't think Ten Hag's the right man, but if you look at Arsenal and you look at what Liverpool did, it took Liverpool four years to win a league, and that was fine because you saw progression year on year and year. So we are still early into it. My gut feeling is Ten Hag's not the right man, but we'll see what happens when those appointments are made. The thing is, you only... I mean, obviously, Liverpool, we'll get on to Liverpool. I think we're absolutely flying. I'm over the moon that we're we're back, so to speak, where we were last season. But you're only six points off Liverpool. I mean, that's nothing after 12 games. It's not yeah. like you cut adrift by like 10, 12 points. Yeah. Um, if you look at the defeats, we've already, lost, we've already lost five and we've not played Newcastle, Liverpool, um, Villa yet. Do you know what I mean? And the other teams we've played in and around that area, we've lost them all. We've lost to Spurs. We've lost to Arsenal. We've lost to Brighton. So it doesn't really bode well. Do you know what I mean? In the next five games, we've got three of those teams. So I know we're only six points behind you now, but give it it four games. We could be 12 points off you realistically with the way that we're playing. So I, I think... You can look at it one or two ways. Glass half full, yeah, we're only six points off. But really, to me, we're 10 points off because we're not going to win all the next four or five. So, yeah, let's just see where we're going to be at in the next few games. Well, on to my beloved Liverpool. Um, Travis, as I just mentioned, I've, I've just got this feeling we're back. We've got this momentum. Obviously, we've invested heavily in the midfield for the first time under FSG anyway, or at least into, since the days of... Uh, Stuart Downing, Andy Carroll, Jordan Henderson. I know they spent big that summer and it burnt them. They've never um, loosened the purse strings ever again, but they've obviously spent big this summer bringing in Endo, McAllister, Gravenberg, um, and Sobersly. And, you know, it, it seems to be doing the trick. And the most encouraging thing for me is the home form. We're turning these home matches into like training games. I'm absolutely loving what I watch. Mm. Um, and obviously, off the back of that, Virgil van Dijk looks back to his absolute best. Me and Obi said it on the pod podcast last night after the um, who were we playing Brentford three 0 and then it's been all over Twitter today. Virgil's back to his best, and I'm like, do you know what? I said it, and he is. So obviously, I'm buzzing. But just mm. from a Man United fan, um, last season when you were doing well. I thought it was a false position and I actually said that you won't finish top four this season. I said it in the summer. Um, mm. There's one of them things on Facebook, make a, what what opinion gets you, you know, the picture of all the daggers. And I said, mm. Man United flattered to deceive last year. I'd, I didn't think you were back. Um, I thought it was a false position. You ob- obviously capitalised on Liverpool not having a great season. Chelsea fell away hugely. Um, so your feelings as a Man United fan... Do you think we're back? Yeah, yeah. To I mean, well, let's be honest. In 
In the summer, I didn't think you were finished. I thought Klopp was finished at Liverpool. Not finished as a manager. I thought he didn't have the energy to go again. And he's proved me wrong with that. I think he's really invigorated the whole squad. I think things were flat. Yes, you did need a re a midfield rebuild but I sort of got the impression that he'd just sort of run out of steam with the project I didn't think he he could go again but he has gone again and I and I go back to the manager and I've spoke about United in terms of the importance of the manager this is down to Jurgen Klopp and the way he's reinvigorated everybody it's not just the midfield that you've bought in because like you said McAllister's getting a few bullets now in terms of his individual performances sobersly has been an excellent signing he's settled in endo's not really pulled up any trees so you've signed four players and two of them are performing do you know what i mean this isn't down to just having a completely new midfield it's him getting everyone at it again you're seeing trent's performances raise van dyke like you said but allison's is the best goalkeeper in the world for me at the moment. I must admit, he's absolutely unbelievable. And then Salah again, just goals after goals. Like He's just Mr. Reliable, isn't he? No matter how he plays, you just know he's going to score. So I would say so, to a certain extent, you are back. Like there, there, there is a certain vulnerability I do see with Liverpool, just slightly, just on the counter-attack, because you're so offensive and you dominate so many games. I just think sometimes when the ball turns over, you, you can look like you're going to concede, like obviously the looting game, you got caught on the hop and stuff, but City are no different. Do you know what I mean? I don't think City are firing on all cylinders yet. So there is hope for Liverpool. Like, I think you've got a squad there that can, that can challenge purely based on the fact that you've got so many goals and so many threats. And Nunes is another player who's really settled in now and started to show his best form. He's getting starts. He looks happy. He's playing through the middle which we thought was his best position, really. And he look, and he looks top draw. So, yeah, I would say definitely you are you, you are back, but you were never gone, gone. Do you know what I mean? I think it, I, I was sort of saying, like, if you get a couple of midfielders, you've always had the attack and you've always had most of the defence. So that just being put together. But the biggest thing for me is Jurgen Klopp's hunger's there and it's back. See, I thought we were gone. Um, I thought we were absolutely finished and Jurgen Klopp should have walked if he doesn't get backed. But it looks like he's staying for Liverpool 2.0. But um, just mentioning, like you say, our attack. Um, Mo Salah's got 10 goals in 12 games, Trav. Yeah. And it's almost like no one even bats an eyelid at, at that anymore because it's yeah. Erling Haaland. I mean, Erling Haaland's at the top there. He's got 13 goals in 12 games. But any other season, if Erling Haaland weren't there, you'd just be saying crazy. Salah. You'd be talking about him still being the best uh, player in the world like we were two years ago. He um, is a joke. He is an absolute utter joke. He's just so consistent, isn't he? Yeah. Um, not just consistent in his performances, but I mean, like he's never injured. He's, he's he doesn't even like, look like he's slowing up with age either. That's the thing, like... Do you know when he gets the ball and he runs at you? Like the fullbacks look petrified still. Like he can go either way. I know he's he's predominantly left footed and he scores most of his goals with his left foot, but he's not afraid to strip you on the outside. He can go either way, and that's what makes him so dangerous. I think he's a fabulous player. I must say, I'm a Liverpool fan, and I just hate the fact that he scores every week. It's just so jarring. But he is he is a top player, and just as long as you've got him, you've got a chance, no matter how poor you are in the game. He's like just your Harry Kane, isn't it? Just and your Harlan just bags every game. He's just a disgusting player, mate. Um, and I think you mentioned on the stream on I think it was Friday about a DM 
that's going to be the big question come mm. January. If we go again and invest from a a position of strength, let's call it that. Uh, when you're second in the league, a point behind Man City after a third of the season, you have to say it's a position of strength. It's like Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs are going to fall away. We'll get on to them very soon. But if we can be backed again to go again in January and bring in a Calvin Phillips or that Andre from Fluminense, um, just anyone really. Obi asked me the question on the podcast yesterday where to take Calvin Phillips. And where we are right now, I'd have to say yes. Yeah. He's an England international. I've checked. He's 28 in two weeks. So if he could come in and do a job for three or four years, I've got to admit, I'd take him, I'd take him over Endo. Really is as simple as that. Yeah, I think it's slot straight in for what your team needs. to give you that security. You just want somebody to sit in front of the back for sort of what Fabinho did. Like you said, it's, I think the, the way Liverpool play is, I mean, with the inverted fullback trend and stuff like that, I think you've got, you've got a lot of quality in the offensive quality, but like you said, you are just missing that person just to stop counter-attacks. I think once you get that, I think, I don't know. I See, Arsenal are, are fantastic as well, and they're very strong, but I don't know. I just think that Salah difference, the fact that Salah can just take a game away from you. Because Arsenal, for me, aren't firing on all cylinders. I know they're winning games and stuff, and they'll turn a lot of teams over at home, but I still don't think... I, I still think you... Well, Arsenal mainly, Man City, them two teams, they're not at it yet. I'd say Liverpool are probably the most informed team and it shows that. Like, you're undefeated in five in the league. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it's it's on. I definitely think you're in a title race. Definitely. Especially with City leaking goals and stuff. They don't look as solid. They've got a lot of goals in the team, but you know what City are like. They're always like this and you expect them to turn the screw after Christmas, but you just never know. They might not. It might be this one season where they just can't get going on the back of, off the back of a treble, a couple of injuries and stuff, and it could be Liverpool's year. You just don't know. The thing is, they've had injuries and coped really well, haven't they? Um, we'll get on to City last. I think it's only fitting we get on to them last because they're treble winners from last season. They're obviously mm. the hot favourites to win it. Um, so, yeah, we'll touch on them last. Spurs, Travis, everyone predicted it. And it's is it coming true? You tell me. Injuries, as soon as injuries hit, they'll fall away. Um, they've got mm. injuries to Madison. Uh, Romero is a red card. Was that a straight red card? Yeah, it is. So he misses three games. Straight red, yeah. Romero. Yeah. Van der Ven. That's it. Van der Ven pulled his hammy. A nasty hammy. That's him till January, apparently. Um, So is that him just falling away now? Madison, eight weeks as well. Well, they're going to struggle. You you are going to miss those players. You are going to miss those players. Without a doubt, and they'll miss those players. Because like you said, they... I mean, everyone, like... United fans are like screaming, shouting from the mountaintops, can't wait for their downfall. But there's two things like they've got a clear way of playing, a clear brand, and it's exciting. That's the first thing. And the second thing is they haven't got the depth United have got. They've not spent the kind of money United have got. So for them to drop off a little bit after a few knocks isn't isn't going to be surprising. I don't know why people are surprised about that. I don't think it would be sustained. I think you've got to give credit to Wolves. If you watched the, the game against Wolves, Wolves were excellent. And Gary O'Neill is so underrated. Like, <clears throat> when Bournemouth sacked him, that was the worst decision that they made, mate. I don't know why. I love it when stuff like that happens. Like oh, Stoke and really Tony Phyllis. Get down. Yeah. 
I know. Scotty Parker, then Gary O'Neill. It's just, a, I don't know what's going on at Bournemouth anyway. But yeah, Wolves, they play some excellent stuff under him, mate. They, they'll, be, they'll be safe this year. And they've got threats in the team. They've added some decent players. Lamina is in there. Um, Sarabia scored a fantastic goal. And Wolves were, were minimum deserved a point out of the game. Do you know what I mean? I know they scored two late goals and Spurs would be kicking themselves. I think that would have just shut a few people off if Spurs could have got over the line. But for, for Wolves to win that game from the position that they were in, like 1-0 down with like in stoppage time, you got to give them credit. I thought they were fantastic, Wolves. So, yeah, it's a big blow to Spurs. I don't think anyone thought Spurs were going to win the league anyway. They were riding no, the festival wave. No, obviously, the fans started talking a bit. They, they were looking comfy in top four. And obviously, we said an injury to Madison, an injury to Son, uh, an injury to the defence. They just haven't got the cover. And so far, it's proven right. They've lost two on the bounce now. Yeah, yeah. Is, uh... and this is but this is you would Spurs would like to think that this is the start of like an exciting period. Do you know what I mean? This is his first season, they've done well up to now. They, their target should be to get in the top four. I mean, if you look at the table, it's not guaranteed. I mean, Villa Villa are going great guns, and Newcastle, I know they're a few points off after losing. There's quite a bit of daylight, wasn't there, Trav? Like only two weeks ago. Um, mm. the top five, like Villa were in that, and now look at it now, there's just a point here, the point there. Man United are obviously winning games. Newcastle are coming up fast. Um, Newcastle are showing what it's like being in the Champions League, though. That demand of yeah. playing Wednesday, Saturday, not being able to rotate because you're playing such big games. You know what I mean, PSG, bang, then straight into a league game at the weekend. Then you're flying to Dortmund away. You know what I mean, they, they'll, they'll feel that. And Newcastle have got a bag of injuries as well. Have you seen their injuries? They've got about nine players out. Did you see Trippier at the weekend? Yeah, you're gonna go at the fans. So yeah, they're feeling it, and 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 that's why they've dropped off a little bit. But yeah, I think teams will get stronger as the season goes on. I just hope United can just turn this football around because there's a, there is an opportunity for us to get top four if we can start performing better. Oh, it's wide open. Just looking at it now, a third of the way through the season. But yeah, that Newcastle fans was crazy, wasn't it? <laughs> How- how short memories of Newcastle fans got Mate. what they've experienced for the last 50 years. Obviously, they've been taken over. Their dreams have come true. They've got a, a serious manager, qualified for the Champions League. And now, all of a sudden, they're you know, pulling the players up and kicking off after a 2-0 away defeat to Bournemouth. You need and to Bournemouth get back not bad at home. They're not awful at home. I know they've not had the best start to the season, but... Going to the Vitality is a tough place to go. Like, it is a tough place to go. Like, they, they do turn teams over at home. I've seen them get some results against some big teams there. Like you said, Newcastle are stretched. I think Trippier lost his call a little bit. I don't think he, he was a little bit naughty getting involved in that. I don't think he should have done that, to be honest. Yeah. Just sort of stooping down to their level. Fans emotional. They drink in the crowd. You know what I mean? They, they chat rubbish, really, in the crowd. So, I think, yeah, he'll look back at that and probably think, Especially yeah. On a Saturday night. Uh, exactly. As well. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to jump in the comments. Dalavau's joined. Cheers, Dalavau. Legend. Uh, big up from Dalavau. Big up to you, brother. I think we can win the league. Um, January's going to be critical, Dalavau. We just, I don't know if you're here, just five minutes ago, January is critical. If we can bring in a top DM and the, the, keep the squad fresh, not play that many in the Europa League, uh, I'm with you. It could happen. Um, 
We just need to stay around the title race till Jan by Andre and a centre-back and we could win it. <laughs> exactly what I just said, mate. Mm -hmm. uh, let's hope. Uh, Ryan, cheers for joining, Ryan. I think that's your name. Um, yeah, yeah, Chelsea or United, who'd get a better position? Ooh. That brings me nicely on to Chelsea, Trav. Mm. That's they're, a great question, cooking, yeah. They're cooking something. I can feel them coming. I was they're just brilliant. looking at the form table, and it's not as impressive as I thought it'd be. I thought they'd be up uh, in the top four or five in the form table. It feels like they're building up ahead of steam. Uh, Dan from Two Blues, he's been absolutely killing it on his live streams with uh, match reactions after obviously beating Spurs. And then yesterday's four-all draw with Man City. Cole Palmer is absolutely sourcing Nicholas Jackson is in the goals. They've got Nkunku to come back to make them stronger. Caicedo's getting a bit of form. Lavia's not played. Lavia's still to come back. Enzo Fernandez is just top, top draw. Reese James is over his injuries. He's coming back. Thiago Silva is getting better, not older. Vaughn is out. They've, they've got players to come back, mate. Do you know what? We've been saying this. We've been watching Chelsea and the football they play has been great. They've just not got the results. They've lost some silly games where they've battered teams and teams just, have just consistency, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Robert Sanchez as well has been a little bit indifferent. I think goalkeeping position is something they need to look at. I mean, I thought they had it nailed when they bought Mendy, but he's obviously gone now. Keppers they bought for a lot of a lot of money, and he went to Real Madrid. I think he's still on loan. Kepper, do you know what I mean? They've got him to come back. Are they going to bring him back? Is he going to be in the fold next year? They've gone with Sanchez. I rate him, but he looks a little bit suspect. Don't get me wrong. But back to Ryan's question, I think in a weird way, I just think United probably will pick up more points than Chelsea this season without playing better than Chelsea. But I think long-term, Chelsea will be better off. Is that sitting on the fence or... I don't know. I'd, like you say, that they've had injury concerns, haven't they? And mm. and you can just feel it. You know when a team, when you start fearing a team, I'm looking at Chelsea, looking at the results coming in, looking at the way they're playing. Raheem Sterling, didn't even mention Raheem Sterling. He's still got bags and bags to offer. Um, Raheem Sterling on form would get in any of the top six teams. I'd still have him at Liverpool uh, yeah, if he wasn't such a dirty, horrible snake. Um, <laughs> he'd get in at Man United. He'd still get in it. He'd get games at Man City, uh, rotating yeah. with Doku, Grealish. Um, yeah, they're just... Poch, Poch is going to get it right, basically. That's what I'm trying to allude to. I think he will. And he, I think... it's. I'm, I'm not surprised, but it is a little bit of a different appointment and a different approach to what Chelsea normally go for, manager-wise. They normally just go for a natural-born winner who's going to hit the ground running and start winning leagues within a year. And Poch, I think... Since the ownership change, Todd Bowley sort of like, he got the, he got a little bit excited getting Potter and just thought, Do you know what, I need someone that knows the league just to settle things down a little bit. And I think Poch is a great appointment for them because Chelsea haven't, have had a lot of instability. Like you said, they've gone in from an ownership change to having three managers in a year. It needed to settle down. Do you know what I mean, and a big turnover of players as well. Like they've not only have they spent like, what did they spend nearly close to a billion, didn't they? Mm. But then they've got rid of a load as well. So, like you said, there's a lot of change at Chelsea, and I think Pochettino was definitely the right man to set all the shit, steady the shit, and just settle everything down. 
And I think next season, you'll really see them strong. Like you said, Nkunku, you, you made a great point. That was a huge blow because he was cooking in pre-season. He was bagging for fun, assisting Jackson. Him and Jackson were just linking up so well. So for him to get injured and not play is just a huge blow. So when he's back, Fafan is back and a few others, they'll be sound Chelsea well. Uh, there's a danger Mudrick could end up a player as well. Mm. I know. I think at the start of the season to have a, a bit of a break, a breakthrough first few games, it didn't happen. But in the last few games, he seems to be picking it up a bit. Oh, the confidence is flowing. Mm. Um, but a word on Cole Palmer, Trav. <laughs> Man City let a good one away because he is absolutely yeah. sorting. In the oh, English Pep, didn't as well. Pep didn't want to let him go. Did you see the quotes? No. What, what happened? So Cole Palmer said two years ago that I'm going to leave. And um, Pep said, well, don't leave because Mares is going to be leaving. And he said, no, nah, I don't care. I just don't think I'm going to get a chance. I want to leave. So Pep said, OK, then mate, leave. So I think it was a little bit reluctant. It didn't, he definitely did not want to let him go. He reminds me of a mixture of Bernardo Silva and Foden. It's mad. Like I, That's the best way I can describe him. He's not as direct to Saka but he's so techie and he's just so calm. His composure is just a joke for someone so young. Do you know what I mean? He's walked into that Chelsea squad and he's on pens already. That's just, do you know what I mean? The confidence of the lad, just like, yeah, I'm having pens, mate. Ridiculous. And he, How yeah, would that conversation even go? I mean, obviously there's like bare internationals in the Chelsea squad. Raheem um, Sterling, for instance, surely he exactly. would have been planting pens. Nicholas Jackson. Enzo, loads of players, mate. And he's just walked in and like, no, mate, I'm on it. Like, yeah, he's just unbelievable attitude. And like you said, he's got his call up to the England squad now. Hopefully he gets an opportunity. I mean, the talent England have got, Southgate's got to be touching semi-finals minimum, really, with, with, the, with the pool of players England have got. It's ridiculous talent. So, yeah, Chelsea, I think they're in good stead. They put on a great show yesterday against Man City, the four each. What a game that was. It? Yeah, it was a brilliant spectacle, mate. Um, and yeah, I just think they'll they'll be fine. I, I think top four they'll miss out just this year because I think there's just teams slightly ahead of them in their projects. But next year, I expect Chelsea to come on really strong. Um, Dalaval says he, he needed this Tottenham downfall. Their fans were chatting too much after. <laughs> the I think everyone did. <laughs> Why does everyone hate Spurs? Try man. man. <laughs> uh, United are only seven points behind City, and they've been shit all season mm. um it's so close up in that top seven or eight yeah chelsea are defo contenders for top four i'm not so sure they're just too mm. inconsistent but Keep dropping points, they? yeah they've definitely got something um brewing i can just feel it um i'm glad we've already played chelsea away from home to be honest so we'll just slap them around at anfield put them back in their box for a bit but yeah <laughs> Getting it right. Uh, Palmer, what a bargain. That's a yeah. good point, Dalaval. But I was looking at it, right? Cole Palmer's only played about 20 games for Man City, Trav. Yeah. And he cost £48 million. Pounds. And he is a bargain. That's how good and he is. He's a bargain as well. Yeah. Like, it's just how, crazy, isn't How it? do they get the fees for the players? Like, they're all internationals, and that's the thing. Do you know what England's under twenty-one setup was? Is ridiculous. Like they've got players like that Trafford who went to Burnley. He was a Man City keeper. Obviously, players like Morgan Gibb White and stuff like that all coming through. Cole Will, he's a Chelsea lad. Do you know what I mean? There's there's players that England bring through, 
that's why they're worth such astronomical fees because they're under 21 setup does so well at international level wins tournaments and stuff so the players are quite highly regarded but yeah 45 million that is a bargain for palmer because I, i'm surprised i didn't actually expect him to hit the ground running like he has i didn't expect him to be in the team as much as he was obviously the bought mudrick i expected it to be him and sterling either side with jackson through the middle but he's the first name on the team sheet mate he looks like a leader as well do you know what i mean he he literally dragged chelsea to that result yesterday he was, he was just top draw um on to arsenal you've already touched on it the They've not quite clicked into top gear yet, but they're still mm. right up at the top of the league, a point behind City, joint with Liverpool. Um, when I look at Arsenal, I feel like Arteta is too much of a tinker man. I mean, I, mm. I don't know if they've got too many injuries. Obviously, they've got Timber, Partey, okay. Odegaard's out, Gabriel Jesus is out. So maybe I'm being a little bit unfair, but obviously when I'm trying to pick my FPL team, I don't know who he's going to start. And I'm not sure if he's tinkering too much. Yeah, I think injuries have played a little bit of a part in that as well i think he's trying to manage the squad i mean if you look in the champions league group you'd expect him to sail through that i think once they once that's nailed down that qualification i think it will get easier for them because he'll be able to just rest the full 11 in the last game or two in, in the in the champions league and i think that will sort of stand them in good stead for the league but yeah they're right in amongst it and they're going to be in amongst it i just don't know what it is and, and, and i literally can't put my finger on it I just think there's something missing from Arsenal and I'm not sure what it is. Like, which is a surprise because I was so confident that I was going to win the league last year. But I think them not going big on a centre forward in the summer is going to cost them. And do you know what I mean? This Havertz transfer, you've always said you'd live and die by your recruitment. And for them to go with Kai Havertz over a top-class centre forward who's going to score goals... I think ultimately it's going to cost them because they don't, I mean, they win games convincingly and they have been doing so far, but it's going to become a time where they'll kick themselves. Like we've seen it with the Fulham game at home and there's going to be one or two other games just like that where they batter someone and they just don't put the ball in the back of their net and they like draw one each or something. It's going to cost them the league. Kai Havertz was just odd, wasn't it? Yeah, when it was all going on and it seemed to rumble on for a, a couple of weeks and you're thinking, what is Arteta doing? What does he see in Kai Havertz? Why is he giving Chelsea a get-out-of-jail-free card to almost return Kai Havertz for a full refund of what they paid? Leverkusen, was it? Yeah. It I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't understand it. Because, I mean, I we called this quite early like because I think a lot of Arsenal fans saw him in the Xhaka mould. But what what Xhaka offered Arsenal before his left was that defensive stability as well as the offensive um, prowess as well because he he balanced the midfield off and what he allowed Odegaard to do was just have that license to free roam really he gave them that protection. Havertz was never going to offer Arsenal that defensive solidarity. He was never going to do that next to like a party or something like that. It just it just it just felt wrong. Like when they were linked with Havertz and they said he was going to play in the number eight. I got exactly the same feeling as when United signed Mason Mount. It was exactly the same feeling. I was just like, it just didn't feel right. And it's turned out that way. And I think he's coming with a lot of criticism, but I think it's unfair because he's being played out of position. It was just always going to happen. And I think Arteta will try and persist with it, but he's going to cut his nose off to spite his face if he doesn't change his role in the team. Uh, Man City. 
They obviously lost two in a row, Arsenal and Wolves. Some might have predicted the Arsenal result being um, at the Emirates. Not many would have predicted the Wolves result, but Wolves are, as we've touched on earlier, they're flying, especially that uh, Pedro Neto, is it? Yeah. That winger. Um, so not many people will underestimate Wolves this season, especially under Gary O'Neill um, and his impressive show on Monday Night Footy with Carragher. was um, really impressed by everything he said. But Man City, they can be beat, Trav. It really is as simple as that. Mm. And They're not so current, much like yeah. you've got to beat, not so much like Liverpool. If Liverpool are going to win the league, it's not. We have to beat them at Anfield and draw at least at Man City and then maybe it leagues on. Man City can throw in a, a loss to Wolves. A loss to Crystal Palace. It's just these odd mm. games that they're they're prone to losing, whether it's a lack of concentration or taking it easy, complacent. I don't know, but they can be got at. And it gives yeah. the rest of the league a bit of hope, doesn't it? Let's be honest. No, it does. It does, definitely. And like you said, we spoke about hunger with Jurgen Klopp and stuff. I mean, Pep, Pep is the most consistent current manager out there in terms of hunger and going again and stuff. But... All good things come to an end. And I'm not saying this season he's going to think about quitting or next season or whatever, but when you've won a treble at a, a, a football club and, and five leagues out of six, how much motivation has he actually got left? Do you know what I mean? How much has he got left? This is going to be an interesting question. I'm not saying these are directly affecting the results now because we all know the quality they've got. When, when, they, when they want to, they can put, 10 to 12 wins on the spin together. Do you know what I mean? We've seen them do it before. And you'd expect after Christmas, they're probably going to go on a similar run, depending on what they're like in the other competitions and stuff. I mean, they're comfortable in the Champions League. But I think this, I think you will see that. You will see them drop points and stuff. And it does give the league a bit of hope. I hope it stays as open as possible. Obviously, United aren't going to win the league. I think it's too much for Spurs. But there's no reason why... Um, Arsenal, Liverpool can't push this Man City team all the way to the end. Um, I think they, they're the two teams that look the most likely if anyone's going to challenge them um, with, with the goals that they're scoring and the way that they, the consistency that they're showing that can push City. But we all, City are still the team to beat. They've got injuries themselves. Um, they've got quite a few injuries as well. John Stones is out. De Bruyne is obviously still out. Um, they've got other players that, that aren't 100% fit as well but like you said after Christmas some of them players are going to come back fresh as a daisy and, and that, that's what spells danger for the rest of the league doesn't it always oh. every season they start yeah. taking uh, Ilke Gundogan out of cryogenic freezing um, <laughs> basically just playing for the last 10 games of the season and just blast everyone just all in the lab have... <laughs> just yeah. all in the lab mate Liverpool have seen it too many times. Arsenal experienced it last season. Um, yeah, they're just top draw. But a word of appreciation for Doku Trav. Mm. What a what a player. What a box of tricks he's got. I keep every week I keep trying to get him in my FPL team, but I've got too many Man City players. I'm gonna engineer getting him in as fast as I can. Yeah, he's got everything, mate. He's dead thick set as well, isn't he? Like you can't brush him off the ball, can go either way, two footed, pace, goals, assists. A proper winger, old-fashioned. Don't see many of them anymore, but he's got a bit of both. He can link with strikers and then he can just blitz you on the outside as well. And like you said, he has hit the ground running. 
big big enough fee, but he's just he's just settled straight into the system. Do you know what I mean? You would have thought he looks like he's been playing there for years. There's been no period of adaptation at all. Um, so yeah, I expect him to just go from strength to strength, really. It's interesting what he said about Gavardio, though, because there was a couple of quotes. Did you see what he said about Gavardio saying he's um he's not taken to the training methods in terms of playing as a center half, and that's why he's playing left back at the moment. So he's gonna need more time. But I expect him to probably shift into the center because they signed that Gomez left back a couple of seasons ago and He's not, he's been in and out. I don't think he fancies him, to be honest. I, I expect him to probably leave next season. I think they'll sign another left back. Nathan Aki's versatile, but I think he's even not always fit. He has injury problems as well. But yeah, City's still the team to beat. Doku's fantastic player. Um, Man United, uh, sorry, Man City's success rate in nailing 60 million ballers is phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so obviously Evans, oh, Man City spend the most money. Yeah, of course they do. Maybe not in the last five years. NetSpanks have offloaded some players for big money, but their squad is just full of 60 million golden nuggets like Rodri, Doku. Mm -hmm. Every mm -hmm. centre-back they buy is 60 million and they're just a, a bona fide success no matter what. Yeah, Diaz. Obviously, Gavardio was a little bit more than that. Stones, he was 50 at the time. Yeah, when you think about it, they're just all of them just ridiculous. Bernardo Silva was about 45. Mm -hmm. Just Edison, yeah, Edison, just, just endless talent. Yeah, Kanji. I don't think he was even that much. I think he was like 25. He got um Aki, they picked up for cheap because Bournemouth got relegated. He's been a revelation. He's mm -hmm. he's really kicked on. So there's not really many weaknesses in their team. I think obviously Kyle Walker's the wrong side of 30. They'll already be planning though. That's how that's what Man City are like. They'll be planning, they'll probably bring in a top draw right back next season because obviously Cancelo left as well. He was another one who was unbelievable for them. But he's left. Walker's like 33. So I know he's just signed a new deal, but I expect him to probably bring in a right back next season. Um, and I think they'll start looking at replacing long-term De Bruyne as well because I know they wanted Pakatar Pakatar from West Ham that didn't go through and they signed Nunes we haven't seen much of Matthias Nunes from Wolves that's another one who we've not really seen much of so yeah he'll probably play the second half of the season rip it up won't he that's just the way it goes with Man City um let's just end on player of the season so far in the whole mm. league mm. who you got Det Rice Yes, took the words yeah. out of my mouth. Yeah, that rice for me. He's been unbelievable for Arsenal. Unbelievable. Just, just incredible, isn't he? I don't think he's ever dipped underneath an eight, eight and a half out of ten, has he? I don't, I've no, I don't think he's dipped underneath that all season. Every single performance has been top draw, six, eight. It just gives Arsenal that assurance and energy and passing range and everything. It, if he adds goal, if he starts adding goals, which I don't know how much importance there is going to be on him. Maybe when Party comes back and he's got a bit more of a licence, I think he will get more goals. Um, but with Party out of the team, he's probably got a little bit more of a defensive responsibility. But yeah, for me, Declan Rice has been the best player. Yeah, he's been brilliant. Um, obviously, I don't want any player to get injured, but obviously from a rival point of view, <laughs> when I look at Arsenal, he's the one. Like, <laughs> I don't want anyone to get team. injured, but I want Declan Rice. <laughs> I want... Declan Rice to do his ACL. <laughs> no, you know, it's like when you want Man City, I'll tell you what, yeah. take 
Kevin De Bruyne out of the team for three months and we might have a chance of winning the league. Yeah. That is it for Arsenal. Uh, I wouldn't mind Declan Rice missing three months of the season and then coming back and winning the Euros for England uh, in the summer. Yeah. That would do me just nice. <laughs> um, Travis, I think we've gone over every team uh, that's in with a chance of at least top four, maybe not the title. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's been a good chat. Into the international break we go. Villa was another that. one. Villa was another one. They're a dark horse as well. We've not really mentioned them, but Unai Emery, Carragher said he, that he reckons he's the third best manager in the league at the moment. And he's I've seen your tweet and I thought you were calling for me. Go on. Which was one? It? Pep is astronomically ahead of Klopp. That went. Yeah. Pep could yeah. not do what Klopp's done at Liverpool with that net spend. All right. Klopp, I could argue, could do what Pep's done with that kind of money to spend. We'll never uh, know. We'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah. So we're going to the international break, Travis. Mm. Two weeks of hating no ball. Um, Two weeks of we United do... not losing a game. I love it. United mate. are the informed team, mate. You should <laughs> be hating this international break. You're riding <laughs> the crest of a wave. Um, um, and Ten Hag is sourcing. And straight back uh, right. in a way. Ready. Nice one. If anyone's made it this far, don't forget to like and subscribe if you've liked what you heard. It really helps out the channel loads. And uh, me, Travis... Rob, Naz and Obi will be back at some point with some other football stuff about Liverpool, Man United and Arsenal. Travis, thank you, brother. Peace. What a headshot!